0: On today's show, the Houston Rockets with a near wire-to-wire blowout win against the Sacramento Kings, 107-89. to They survived a really rough third quarter before Dylan Brooks absolutely took over in the fourth and final frame. The villain has arrived. Also, Jalen Green's playmaking very much on display, collapsing the Kings defense and delivering the Rockets the blowout dub there late in this game. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition
1: sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shagoon here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tari Eason. Here comes Tari. No! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six.
0: What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day. Thank you for being in every day or whether it's on the way to work on your lunch break in the gym. Thank you for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day. Joining us now is your weekly co-host, Madison Moore, NBA draft enthusiast. You can track down on Twitter at MadmanLeaks to break down this Rockets 107-89 blowout win of the Sacramento Kings. Madison, I don't know if either one of us would have sat here a week ago and said, hey, after these first two, three games of the season, the Rockets are going to be able to go into the first of these two matchups against the Kings and get a blowout dub. We would have both sounded like we were talking crazy.
1: Yeah, no, the Rockets are definitely getting better. And this was a very, very encouraging win. And I think – They're starting to build on something that can really be special. And I love the way this team is going right now.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and and look, this was not quite a wire to wire victory technically because the Kings did come back there in that third quarter when the the offensive drought set in for both teams, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, And they they took the lead for a brief second. But the Rockets basically controlled this game from the jump. And I, I really loved the kind of, Intensity that they came out with early on in this game. They knew that they were going to have to match the king's physicality. And mm-hmm. post game, uh, we wound up all cycling the same question, me and the other reporters, uh, because Ime mentioned during his post game interview that he had them going through some old school rebounding drills. Mm-hmm. And so then each one of us, uh, Michael Shapiro, Cody Davis, and then myself, each took turns asking Jabari, then Fred, then Dylan, what old school mm-hmm. rebounding meant, and basically just learn, you know, the fundamentals, getting physical, um, being, you know. Being early to your spots, boxing out, all that stuff, and it really felt like the Rockets matched the Kings' physicality really well in this game. Sabonis still had 15 rebounds; he was feasting, but it wasn't easy rebounds. I think they were mm-hmm. matching him; they were bodying him, especially Jabari at times. You know, when he was on switches with with Sabonis, it's an easy matchup for Sabonis, but Jabari was still trying his best, right not not trying to give up any ground on some of these, you know, post ups and box outs.
1: Yeah. I mean, remember these, the first three games, I think a theme of why the Rockets were struggling was toughness was, was being more physical and especially our younger uh, guys really adjusting to becoming tougher players and the toughness that it takes to win games. And, you know, it's really, so you, it's really nice to see you identifying areas of needs and going and addressing them and making points of emphasis and, To me, the box out drills is just a a refresher of things that you already know. And just to put the emphasis in the the minds of our guys, uh, you know, showing them that the rebound stats, showing them what's a weakness of this team, and going and being intentional about addressing it. We know that he was very intentional about addressing – Uh, fast break defense um, before the season began. And now we're one of the best fast break defending teams in league. And so now it seems like, OK, we've we've we can take that off the list. We've, we've seemed to addressed this. And now we're going to physicality and rebounding because this is one of our weaknesses. And so let's shine a light on that and really address it. And I think we are really beginning to see what a great coach can do for a team, how they can prepare players, how they can address the things that we see on the court and how that will translate onto the team over, over time. And as these games continue to go on, I just feel like the rockets are getting better and better and better. And it's like exponentially better and better and better. And I, and It's just a real delight to see as a Rockets fan. I'm really excited about the rest of the season.
0: Look, man, I said it after the first three games. So after the Warriors L, I said they have gotten monumentally better game Mm -hmm. to game. And that has that trend has continued. And I fully expect that trend to continue as Ime keeps building what he's trying to establish here in Houston. Now, we're going to get to your player of the game in a minute. But I (laughs) got I got to before we get there, because it kind of ties into the game flow of this one with that really rough third quarter for both teams. Uh, You know, want to discuss that a little bit later on but first I want to give some flowers to Fred Van Vliet who has been absolutely remarkable as this team's engine as this team's floor general at one point in this game at halftime he had nine assists and zero turnovers Madison he was absolutely wheeling and dealing early in this game got Jabari going early got LP rolling on some you know on some pick and roll actions you know him rolling rumbling to the rim got Dylan Brooks a couple early looks Fred Van Vliet was running one of the best offensive games that I think I've seen mm-hmm. in recent memory. And Raptors fans, I swear to god, they tried to tell me when he came here that this man didn't pass. Like they were <laughs> they're it, they're still in the YouTube comments every Fred video that we post. They're in the YouTube comments saying he doesn't pass the ball. And here he is with a greater than five to one assist to turnover ratio. Madison, after this game, he was remarkable despite the lack of shooting in this game.
1: Um, But I think the lack of shooting is very important for us to talk about because that is a talking point that many used against uh, grabbing Fred Van Vliet in the offseason. And there are just intangibles about the game that Fred Van Vliet impacts that won't show up on the stat sheets and i think now rockets fans are are able to see uh firsthand what it means to have fred van vliet and you look up and like dang he didn't shoot that well well i thought he had an amazing game and that is what fred van vliet that that is what it means to be a master at the little things and that's and that is what fred van vliet does and that's why we pay him the big bucks you know what i mean and i i am I'm just ecstatic. I mean, he was my number one choice for a uh, point guard this offseason and I'm glad he's coming in and really doing everything that I thought he would would do.
0: And look, here's the thing. This is a Rockets team that is not necessarily built with its cast of characters currently to take a high volume of threes because they just don't have a ton of great shooters. Mm-hmm. I'm perfectly content with Fred taking about 10-ish threes a game. You know, he went <laughs> a little more he went a little north of that 4 of 14 in this game. But the number of three, there were probably only, I think, two to three shots in this game that I looked at and I was like, eh, it's probably a bad shot, Fred. The rest of them were just attempts that he was taking because it's what the defense was giving the Rockets. And if you're not going to guard Fred at the three-point line, let him hoist because he's probably one of the best, if not the best, three-point shooter on the team. I guess we got to give a little respect to Dylan Brooks, who seemingly can't miss from anywhere on the basketball court. And that's actually the guy that we want to talk about coming up next. Your Locked on Rockets player of the game, Dylan Brooks. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, right? You're trying to go out and have a good time. You don't want to be stressed about how you're going to get the tickets and the, the, the really kind of annoying ticket buying process that you usually have to go through, right? You're punching in the information or sometimes the, the website's clunky or the app freezes. My fa- my favorite, favorite one is when you go to punch in all your information, you hit submit, and then something happens and then all the information gets wiped out and you have to retype it all again, right? You don't have to worry about any of that with game time. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events happening near you. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They've got last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets for all the events happening in your area. They've got views from your seat, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive at the venue. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code MBA for $20 off your very first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code MBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And continuing on here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast, home for everything. Houston Rockets basketball. Dylan Brooks, Madison. This Dylan Brooks experience has been a so much fun to this point. We we we're, we're 5 games in, but genuinely I am loving it. The defense, the two-way play, the the bag that he has offensively at times. Uh the off the court interviews, the persona, all of it. Like I am so bought in on the Dylan Brooks experience in this game. 26 points, 9 of 14 shooting, he was 2 of 4 from long distance, perfect at the free throw line, 6 of 6, had 9 rebounds, had an assist and had a steal. Was a plus 25 in his 38 minutes played even blew the Memphis Grizzlies bench a kiss at the end of the game after sinking that last three-pointer, which he did say, I will say he remarked upon post game and said, I was just blowing a kiss, you know, to the fans. I thought the Memphis Grizzlies bench was being respectable and following all the rules set forth by the NBA for behavior during a game. Like he, like his answer was so, and as soon as we hit end on the recording, we all cut out just busted out laughing because we knew that he was and he walked out with a smile on his face so um that was a man who said i'm not getting fined by the officiating crew tonight his performance was was out of this world in this game especially in that third quarter where both teams hit that major offensive drought and he was just like i'm just gonna take this thing over Mm -hmm.
1: yeah no uh dylan brooks has been such a delight this season so far honestly um I had some real worries and apprehensions about his, um, shot selection mainly. Um, and, you know, what that means for a young team who hasn't really established an offensive flow. And Dylan Brooks has been just excellent. Every bit worth the contract he signed so far. I mean, this guy is defensive oriented, detailed. He's, uh, coaching up the guys on the floor defensively. He talked about what he said to Jalen. Um, and praise that I mean and then just and I can actually the,
0: even if you give me one second Madison I can throw to that clip right now because that was something at one point in the game after Jalen's He had an and one drive on Davion yeah. Mitchell and then you know it, right after the drive there was a timeout and so Dylan goes straight up to Jalen and he's talking to him the whole way back from from, from the free throw line mm-hmm. All the way back to the huddle. So I asked Dylan kind of what was going on in that conversation uh, with Jalen There was a moment where Jalen Green had the and one drive on Davion Mitchell and right afterwards you kind of went up
1: to him and you talked to him the whole way back to the bench. Kind of what were you talking to him about in that moment? Do you remember? Um, I was really talking to him about on the defensive end. Uh, but, you know, Jalen's a special player, uh, future all-star in this league. Um, you know, his growth is getting better and better each and every day, especially on the defensive end. And he's like a sponge, like he's just learning um you know every day so um I was just explaining I don't don't remember the play exactly um but I was just probably just oh yes uh Malik Monk's three in the corner just telling him just to run him off and um you know you just lining them up you know to sink that three and just you know breaking his rhythm and making him put the ball on the floor
0: okay so Dylan Brooks with A lot of praise for for Jalen Green highlighted, you know, calling him a future all star in this league. Talked about him learning and absorbing so much of the knowledge there, you know, calling him a sponge, all of that. Um, And outside, I've got to add the uh, oh, yes. Like, like as he remembered what what play he was actually trying to talk about. I've got to add that to the soundboard moving forward. But um, just to get back to your point, Madison, about what Dylan's brought to this team.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, in that coaching defensively, even after a great play that Jalen made, um, still the attention to detail and keeping our young guys engaged defensively and uh, and helping them understand the consistency. You know that on and off the court, the 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 off the court and on on the court is better than advertised for Dylan Brooks. And man, I'm just so grateful the Rockets went out and got got that player. I mean, uh, nine of 14, 14. I mean, a guy who's shooting so well from the field and still only took 14 shots. I mean, I got, you know what I mean? I would, I would have expected him to take 22, but that just goes to show one of the, my favorite things about this team is the balanced offensive approach that this team has um, adopted during this time with no sure thing. Number one, even though other guys, you know, and Fred kind of talked about it in, his uh his interview about how everyone together is it, it's going to be a different player every day when it, uh uh when it comes to who's uh, taking the scoring load and this is multiple times this year we've had over three players three players three players with twenty points in our starting lineup right twenty points and this just balanced offensive approach and it allows for everybody to be efficient uh good scores and it it brings up the tide of this offense in a special way and it is so different from how the old rock the rockets of old used to play and it's such a refreshing way to give all these young players um and the vets their opportunities to pe- effectively affect this game and, and make sure that they're not overrun offensively where they can give effort defensively as well, as you see Dylan Brooks and Fred VanVleet are also elite defenders.
0: You know, through five games, the Rockets have had three now different leading scores across each of the five games. Shingoon was the high in points for the first two. Then Jalen Green took the scoring brunt in the next two. Uh, and now Dylan Brooks, the, the high point man here in the fifth game. And like you said, Madison, there have been a lot of games where the Rockets starters, you know, three, four, Four, sometimes all five are right there on the cusp of scoring 20 points each. And it very much feels like that balanced scoring approach where, yeah, every night there's going to be one or two of those guys that really has it locked in and then they're good to go. It might even vary quarter by quarter. E-May talked about that in his post game, saying, hey, Jabari held us down early in that first quarter. Um, and then, you know, Dylan Brooks is the one who brought it home with 14 points and that assist that he had in the fourth quarter of play. Mm-hmm. So, and that coming off the heels of, uh, that ridiculous third quarter where the Rockets scored 12 points and the Kings only scored 15. So the Rockets left that quarter minus three, but they did a hell of a job defensively in that quarter. And that's the thing that this team can rely on is when the offense dries up for this team, they can rely on their defense. They can rely on their their fundamentals, their rebounding, all that to get them through some of those rough stretches. That's why I'm so excited that this team has now adopted this defensive personality because there's still some games where they can kind of turn it on offensively we saw it last game against the Hornets we saw it this game against the Kings is there's going to be games where their guys just have it going offensively where like Fred can't miss or Jalen's cooking or whatever Mm -hmm. but if they can still rely on their defensive principles when the going gets tough that's what's going to make this team a, a good basketball squad this year
1: yeah of course I mean it's I just I'm so excited about how this team has constructed their offense. Their offense right now, and you know, probably the most consistent player outside of Dylan Brooks has been Alperin Shingun. But it's just the ability to that now we're getting to see all of the players on this team have an opportunity to show what they can do as you talked about Jabari Smith in the first half this game. That is the Jabari Smith that we were talking about um, in our our town hall of the ultimate release valve. And that's what he did in that first half. And it just it carried us and built that big lead that we had in the beginning of the game. And the Rockets really never looked back even through the hard stretches they were able to lean onto that defense. So yeah, this this is a great Rockets team right now.
0: And we can't talk about defense without shedding uh, you know, g- giving, giving some praise to First off, Jabari had that one defensive stop where JaVale McGee was rolling to the rim and he met JaVale at the apex. JaVale had the ball in his hands from the lob pass and Jabari met him right at the top and denied him at the rim. Mm What a hell of a block from Jabari. Mm -hmm. And then... I want to give credit to Jay Sean Tate off the Rockets bench as well for his defensive impact in this game. Not only his defensive impact, he was three of three from downtown Madison. He is Mm, a certified sniper. (laughs) Another one. Just all night, Jay Sean Tate wasn't missing. And he had like a stretch in that first quarter of his first like six minutes of play where he forced three turnovers in like less than five or six minutes. Um, He pushed Jones out, like, like out of bounds on a driving you know uh, attack towards the basket. He took a charge on DeMontis Sabonis under the rim, and then he had one where JaVale McGee was rolling to the rim on the weak side, and he cut JaVale McGee off, and there was no like foul or whistle or anything, but the pass went sailing out of bounds because Jay Sean mm-hmm. Tate picked up McGee on the roll. So that's three straight defensive plays where Jay Sean Tate made a fantastic read, got a great stop. And I wanted to highlight one other thing that you said about... Um, the offensive kind of the, that we're seeing like sets and, and stuff, you know, actually in play on the court. He may post game when I, when we asked him about, uh, you know, Dylan Brooks and, and kind of all the opportunities he was getting offensively in this game. And he said, yeah, we have a few sets in there for Dylan to take advantage of, of smaller players if they're going to guard him that way. Um, because obviously it's, it's disrespectful trying to guard Dylan Brooks with Kevin Herter and yeah. Dylan Brooks. You know, put him in the weight room. You know, a couple times early in this game, where he just put him on his back, backed him down to the rim, and it's not exactly pretty when Dylan does it. In fact, he he had a couple like sweeping, you know, seven foot hook shots that Emei. I got Emei to break character post game, man. I asked Emei about the seven foot hook shots, and he smiled for a second, and he was like, "You know, he has a tendency to make some kind of wild looking shots. Um, mm-hmm. We prefer those hook shots to be a little closer, but uh, it's like my low key goal to like get Emei to break characters. He's so always just like."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: like the, the same the same stoic <laughs> expression so if you can get he yeah. to a crack a smile or something i think it's a total win
1: <laughs> yeah nah, uh, i actually love ma's uh presses man that, that dude's even kill and he says it like it is man he really he really talks about what he's seeing on the floor and there's a certain level of honesty that is so refreshing when he talks about when players uh, do good and bad. And so you can believe when he's praising a player and talking about the things that he did. And one of the praises that he did, I know we want to talk about in the next segment, is about Jalen Green and how he handled his playmaking duties.
0: Absolutely. Jalen Green's playmaking in the fourth was fantastic. Even despite the the scoring moves, he found ways to impact this game and, and help the Rockets secure the win, especially there in that fourth quarter. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins, and all you have to do is wager $5. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. They've got a wide range of betting options. In fact, right now, we can take a look at the betting favorites for Super Bowl 58. You got the Eagles and Chiefs at plus 500, the 49ers at plus 600 to win it all the cowboys are plus a thousand also the miami dolphins and then right behind them the buffalo bills at plus 1100 to win it all this year they've also got spreads player props over under so much more so go check them out fanduel.com locked on to get started this nfl season fanduel official partner of the nfl And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, we're going to go ahead and dive straight into what both head coach Emi Odoka had to say about Jalen Green's playmaking there in the fourth quarter, as well as Fred Van Vliet. Both of them sharing a lot of praise for the young Rockets guard as he really took control of this game late uh, with his facilitating, not his scoring. And just in general tonight, uh, Jalen Green, despite maybe some of the scoring woes, just his, his playmaking, his decision making, especially there in the fourth quarter, it felt like he did a good job kind of getting the ball to Alpi in the middle of the floor to then break down the, the defense. Yeah, and I
1: told him, you know, be patient and just let the, you know, make the right read. He was kind of predetermined um, coming off aggressive or looking to pass every time. And I was like, let the game tell you what's going to happen. Let their pickup point and how high the big is or whether Alpi gets below him, you got to make that read. And so, um, didn't have it going great. To a great extent offensively but made the right plays and obviously you get in the paint out and it collapses everything and he led to the kick out threes so uh kudos to him for sticking to it and not getting over anxious when he wasn't scoring as much i thought he was outstanding i know that, you know the box score probably doesn't show i know he's pissed off about missing the free throws but i thought he made a lot of great reads tonight i mean really he made every play there late um off the pick and roll and kind of baiting the double teams and throwing it to Alpi and letting somebody else make the play. So it's a little more advanced than, you know, what the average eye can see, but um, he's really coming along and, and making great reads for us, and he just got to continue to stick with that even when, you know, it's not showing, you know, great numbers on the stat
0: sheet. Doka's perspective and Fred VanVleet's perspective. Madison, who do you want to tackle first about what they kind of shared, uh, you know, about Jalen's play there in the fourth quarter? Well,
1: I, my favorite quote comes actually from Fred VanVleet. Okay. A little bit more advanced than the average eye can see.
0: He's calling out all the casuals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm just saying, man, a little bit more advanced than the average eye can see. There was a lot of discussion on Rockets Twitter about Jalen not t- only taking 10 shots, right? This game. And when we talk about winning basketball and what it takes to win games down the stretch, Jalen Green did what he needed to do to get the win tonight. And I was, there are multiple ways of winning games and Jalen green has been put in a box for most of his career as just a scoring guard. And this type of development, the sacrifice of him knowing that he hasn't taken a lot of shots, this games, he doesn't really have the numbers, but to still sacrifice and make the correct reads, and show that level of improvement was very, very encouraging to see uh, from Jalen Green, especially one of the things that he struggled with and why he hasn't had the ball in crunch time most this season is turnovers, is not making the right plays when t- when guys overload and forcing the issue. And today, we saw Jalen Green grow from that. And from that growth, those ne- once he makes enough of those plays throughout the entire span of a game then teams won't be double teaming him and overloading. And then you'll get to see him close games with his offense as well.
0: This is chess, not checkers. Ooh, I like that, that. I love that delivery. Yeah. I mean, look, look, it's, you know, it, it's going to open up the rest of his game, you know, and it won't just mm-hmm. open it up in the fourth quarter, you know, at the end of games, it'll open up the game to where he is able to do some more things, right? Where de- where defenders aren't just going to exclusively treat him as a scorer. They're going to have to worry about, okay, well, we have to stop. We have to worry about Jalen as a scorer, but we also can't let him have free roam to, you know, facilitate for his teammates. And that's exactly what he did there in that fourth quarter. Four assists, zero turnovers, ran a lot of great sets down the line got the Rockets offense rolling, collapsing the defense with those passes to LP in the middle, or just kickouts for, for open shots. Um, some really impressive play from Jalen green in this one. And I do still think there's something to be said about the shot attempts, not in the sense of like, yeah, Jalen could have tried to take over this game and he should have had 20, 25 attempts. And you know, uh, you know, he might've shot the Rockets out of this game, whatever. I like the way that he found a way to impact this game, which was with <laughs> his playmaking. Exactly. Um, but I will say his, his, lower shot volume total this season is not a result of like Fred Van Vliet or Dylan Brooks taking too many shot attempts or the Rockets not designing Mm -hmm. enough actions for him some of this is just on Jalen because some Mm -hmm. of it is just a level of like aggression even earlier in this game before he realized that he can take over the he could take over the game with his playmaking late in that fourth quarter because they were loading up on him so much Part of it's just like he struggles against some really elite defenders sometimes, and, he, and Davion Mitchell was giving him the work at times in this game where he just he couldn't shake free. Right, he'd be trying to shake free for an open pass on the perimeter and just couldn't get away from him. Um, it was like a shadow draped all over him. So those are the 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 things that he's gonna have to grow and learn from, especially against some of these elite perimeter defenders.
1: Yeah, so th- for me, Jalen still has a lot to learn about being physical offensively, how to use his physicality to get open, how to use it. And, and I know he doesn't have a lot of, you know, uh, girth or, you know what I mean? He's not a big guy. Hey, hey, yeah, relax, man, relax. We're, we're, this is a family show. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm just saying, though, he, he doesn't have the mass that he needs to knock guys off, off their spots. But we've seen him do it before, like the and one play against Davion Mitchell that we were talking about a little bit earlier. I think Jalen has to get back to stop. uh, And this goes into my biggest issue with Jalen this season is his finishing in the paint, which I thought he was also uh, struggled this game. He had good looks at the rim that he just could not finish. And it's because he's of trying to avoid contact at the rim. He's trying to beat guys to the rim instead of once you create your advantage, you keep them on your hip where, and you, and you, and because you already have the advantage, you keep them on your hip and don't allow them to power up and get a great contest. You know, you the, the bigger, bigger guards are able to put you on that hip and keep you on that hip and finish with the offhand. And Jalen is still struggling to do that. And he's still struggling to put, put, be able to, when he gets guys off guard, knock them off their spots again at, on his way to the rim to stymie their momentum. So they can't get good contests uh, on him at the rim. And, he just has to be stronger there and so that is one of the things i the, the shot selection i mean to me yes he probably could have got a couple more shots in but the flow of the game was such that he didn't re- it didn't require him to do that i like him to be a, a bit more aggressive on the in the bench minutes cuz the bench really needs his offensive punch and needs him to be more secure with the ball in his hands, not turn the ball over, those type things. And he has to finish at the rim. And if I think if he can grab, you know, take all those things and start to be, uh, put together more complete games we'll begin to see the all-star level Jalen Green that we all want to see in the
0: future. 100%. One of the things that he did kind of improve on last season, I thought was the the playmaking took another step forward last year. And then also his ability to draw free throws because he stopped shying away from the contact as the season went on near the end of last season. He was really good at driving to the rim and just absorbing that contact and trying to finish through it, which is what led to him and the increased free throw rate and all that to wrap up last season. Even in this game, though, he got seven, seven trips to the line, but he was only two of seven. So like... Like there's just you know if you if you're gonna have an off offensive night if you're gonna struggle you got to be able to find a way to manufacture offense and for for the superstars in this league they know how to get themselves going get to the free throw line force the ref, referee to blow the whistle and then get themselves going get the points on the board that way manufacture some offense um, so need to see Jalen be able to take advantage of those opportunities but also generate more of those opportunities as well especially on games where his shots just not falling um, on that note I just want to bring up the 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 I I missed so much Madison having a floor general on this team that understands how to take advantage of the bonus because there was a play late in this game I want to say th- it was it was maybe late fourth quarter third quarter it was at some point in the second half where Fred the Rockets were in the bonus and Fred draws a foul from like 75 feet away from the rim just by like driving and like really like you know getting into his Mm -hmm. defender to force the ref to blow the whistle and I was like oh my god I missed this like taking advantage like like high IQ basketball where you just take advantage of a situation like that on the floor it reminded me of of Chris Paul because he did all those
1: things. Yeah, man, and that's something I think that should rub off on Jalen as well. I mean, we got kind of in the bonus in the first quarter when Jalen got a couple more free throws, and unfortunately he wasn't able to convert. But it just shows like, hey, nobody can stay in front of Jalen at all like with his speed, and he, he can really force the issue to get a lot of – Easy calls and easy chances at the line by just forcing the issue with his speed and bumping into guys while they're off balance and getting to the line, and getting some of those easy buckets. So I hope he picks up one of those tricks of the trade from Fred as well.
0: We didn't spend uh, you know a- enough time in this episode uh, highlighting uh, Alper and Shingun, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But he, I really did think he his matchup with Demontis Sabonis. I mean, Sabonis is, is a lot to handle. You may have talked about you got to bring your hard hat and lunch pail to to handle him down low. Um, he still finished the game with fifteen rebounds. Sabonis did that is. Um, but I thought LP did a phenomenal job down low, you know, trying to box out, making sure that they weren't giving him easy rebounds, that he was really having to fight for stuff. They did a much better job gang rebounding in this game. So the Rockets actually won the rebounding battle 53 to 43. In this one, despite the fact that Sabonis had his 15 boards, the Rockets did a really good job of uh, making sure that nobody else was getting rebounds. Right, throwing the throwing bodies on people, making sure that they sent you know three, four, five guys to the defensive glass to close out this, these possessions strong. And man, when you look at the the damage that they did defensively in this game. It wasn't just like the Kings got cold from the floor in the third quarter. It's the Rockets really locked in defensively. Mm-hmm. They were glued to their guys. Keegan Murray, three of 12 shooting, only seven points in this game. Uh David Mitchell, three of seven shooting, only seven points. Kevin Herter, two of eight shooting, only four points. Uh Realistically, I mean, even Malik Monk, you know, six of 13, 18 points. That's a kind of a quiet night for him. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the Rockets struggle with JaVale McGee. The the size off the bench, JaVale had 12 points uh in 15 minutes of run he secured six rebounds and took a three pointer at one point. Madison, like, what the hell does Javale think he's doing out there?
1: I don't know what they got. <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, but I do think Javale also. We've always struggled with javel this team because we're a smaller team, right? And so lengthy we, we, we athletic should, bigs, man. Yeah. That's that's the right. 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 We've always struggled with those types of guys. Um, and yeah, I mean, but thank God he only gets has to play twelve minutes a game because that dude just be killing us. But regardless, the, the young Rockets are gonna have to learn how to deal with those types of players. And I think M- I, I'm excited to see what M- how Ma puts emphasis on on how you handle those guys, especially when we get to the better bigs um, with his uh, particular profile. When we get to the Evan Turners, who's giving us you know fits and and th- things like that. So I'm, I'm excited to see these young Rockets experience new challenges and how they, how they, Show to overcome those new challenges, uh, moving forward. I'm learning a lot from M.A. and how he's, how he schemed. Um, I, I thought he gave an incredible answer about how he schemes for Shingoon defensively, having him up on the level, something a lot of us wanted to see last year. But, you know, Shingoon's been, uh, to me, honestly, great defensively all year so far. I, I think he's, you know, uh, as much as we've talked about defensive lapses, they have been mainly with, uh perimeter play or you know between the young guys Jabari and uh Jalen. But Alper and Shangoon's name has not come up in those situations yet this year. And he's been consistent and we're finally starting to see that great uh offensive B-ball IQ um translate uh defensively where he is in the he's in his spots where he needs to be and I thought he had another great all-around game, just all-around solid game from Alper and Shungun. And uh he's become the type of that type of play is expected now, you know, where we're hoping, OK, we we hope uh, Jalen and Jabari uh, perform like we know they can. We kind of begin to just expect it of, of Shingoon And that just goes to show. The 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 level of player he's reached already this far.
0: Alp, uh, that that trio of of Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, and Alpi, they're the kind of the concrete mm-hmm. foundation for this Rockets team, and their consistent play. Um, th- that trio uh, plus twenty seven for Alp, plus twenty seven, plus twenty five for Brooks, plus twenty. Uh, oh. I apologize. Plus 26 for Jalen green. I was reading the numbers yes. wrong, but yeah. um, that, but still the point still stands. Fred Dylan Alpi. That's the trio of consistency that has mm-hmm. been kind of the pillar for this Rockets team this season. All right, Madison, before we wrap this thing up, favorite play from this game. Go. Hey, I got,
1: hey, I got mine. I got oh, mine. If you want okay. me to go. Uh, oh, okay. So I got one. That's kind of sneaky. Uh. The Jabari Smith handoff uh play where where M. A. Udoka ran a play for uh Jamari spiff to get a handoff getting down here where he finished um, high over. Uh, oh, the uh, high uh, off a, a the glass. Blocker. Oh, yes. yeah. I it was uh, for me, it was my favorite play because it shows something that we haven't really seen from Jabari thus yet, and we also got to see because Jabari had it going this year. Emi Udoka throwing some on-ball sets in for him to see what he could do, and it was just the type of stuff that kind of glimpses us into the future of what his potential really could be. So uh, for me, that's what I'll go with.
0: I, I gotta go with the uh, the the Dylan blowing the kiss after the three, right? The sidestep yeah. three in the corner, so Fred <laughs> hits him with the kickout pass. Uh, Dylan hits the little sidestep three in the corner blows the kiss. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, Toyota center went wild after that one. And that was basically, that was, that was the good night play at that point. It was yeah, still yeah, about yeah. three minutes left in the game, but it felt like that was the, uh, uh, you know, a little, a little Mar- Mario, Mario, kiss of death esque, if you will uh, against the, uh, against the Kings. I almost said, I don't know why I get Kings and Grizzlies mixed up in my head. I started. You, yeah.
1: Say, you kind of say Grizzlies earlier, but know, it, know, we
0: know anyways, whatever, you know, it, it, it's early on a Sunday morning. It's all good um, on that note, Madison, let everybody know where they can track you down at. Yeah, man, come uh
1: interact with me on Twitter or X at, at Madman Leaks, man. Love to talk Rockets ball.
0: That's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Rockets. And also a very quick shout out to... Isaac, Hector, and Mel that I met at Truckyard Saturday night after the Rockets game uh, in downtown, beating the Kings. It was a ton of fun chatting with you guys, talking a little Rockets ball. Again, it's really cool when I see fans of the show out and about. I love saying hi. I love being able to talk a little bit with you guys and, and get to know and see you guys. So it was a very cool experience. So appreciate you guys for tuning in the show. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. <laughs>